Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Happy Halloween, Sid. Very spooky, Justin. Don't you mean spoopy? Sorry, that's right, spoopy. It's a very spoopy episode of Sawbones, and it's late because we couldn't pick a costume for Charlie, and it took us days upon days. We bought all the costumes, we put her in every single one, Mm -hmm. and it was just... It was a big ordeal, plus she got all this candy for trick-or-treat, and we had to eat it. Oh. That took up a lot of time. In one sitting. she's a baby, and she can't eat candy. And we had to protect her from it because of a choking hazard, so we ate all of it. So we had to eat it in her defense, which, jokes on you, everybody who gave us candy, that baby can't eat <laughs> baby it. baby can't eat candy, you idiot. That was for us. <laughs> Those dum-dums just kept giving us candy. <laughs> Like, they don't even know. Like, that's we're the adults, and, like, we could even buy candy. Like, we have money and a car, and people will sell us candy. Um, they so don't know any better. We want to prep you. Uh, we assume you're going to a Halloween party this weekend. This is the uh, this is a very special Halloween-themed episode of uh, Sawbones, because we want to get you ready for a Halloween party by f- from the annals of medical history. I'm assuming that that if you are like us, you have not picked a costume or are not prepared. Now that now we, generally we're not. Generally we are we are at the last minute trying to throw something together. We did a good. We did a good. We did a good job this year. <laughs> we actually prepared. We ordered costumes ahead of time. Uh, I'm going as the man from another place from Twin Peaks, and. I'm going as Audrey Horn from Twin Peaks. So that's going to be good, but we already ordered our costumes, but maybe you didn't. This was a first, though. This is a first for us, but maybe you're not that prepared. So we're going to talk to you about some costumes from medical history, some recommendations on how you can maybe achieve those looks. (laughs) Costumes that everybody will get and appreciate. Now, I know immediately you're thinking, well, if Sawbones is going to recommend a costume, I mean, who else would they recommend? Plenty the Elder. Plenty the Elder. That's costume number one. What you're going to want to do here is, I mean, it's a very cheap costume. You get a sheet. Right. Get a cotton ball beard going. Mm-hmm. And you just walk around Maybe the party. one of those, like, laurel wreath. Yeah. One of those wreaths. La- <laughs> one of those laurel wreaths around your head. Yeah. And um, just walk around the hu- party putting honey on people. Just wait till they're not looking. Just give them a, a, a good glob of honey on there and ju- then just say, like, you know, that'll or, do it. Or not just honey, because he, he had many more ideas than honey. 
Justin. He, you know, you could just easily, anybody who gets injured or is sick or like complains, like I got a splinter the other day, just grab something at the party and tell them to smear it on there. Tell them about like maybe using various animal furs, just whatever, like whatever's available. You can really let your imagination run wild with this costume. Literally anything within reach, just smear it on there. Yes, and that's that because that's pretty much what Plenty the Elder did. Now, if you want a slight variation of this theme, you might want to dress as Plenty the Elder the beer. <laughs> oh yeah, that that that's a good option too. Which is an excellent beer. Um, uh, yeah, we, the, we we is an excellent beer. It's also why we can't uh, make Plenty the Elder T-shirts because they have a trademark on that. Yeah. but that's okay. They got there first. Um, so Plenty the Elder. That is our number one top it's not a countdown but is our number one top costume recommendation no because then we did it backwards yeah it was right because that would countdown. be number one who else we got Sid? so our next suggestion for costumes is max joseph von pettenkoffer do you remember him justin i don't remember him what was his story so uh max was can i call him max do you think yeah so he was uh bavarian born mm-hmm. he was a doctor he was a chemist he eventually became a hygienist um, and he liked to study cholera. Okay. That seems like a noble pursuit. Uh, the thing is that uh, Coke, of postulate fame, had recently already discovered the bacteria that caused cholera. Uh, but Max was a skeptic. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wasn't sure that that was the case. He thought uh, that maybe a bacteria spread the disease, but... Probably it was like situational. It only happened among patients who already, you know, didn't clean themselves very well, didn't wash very often, lived in poor conditions. Um, He didn't think that just anybody could get it. Mm -hmm. Was he correct about that? Well, no, he was not correct at all. But uh, he had to prove it first before we before he figured out how incorrect he was. And in order to prove it, he decided to mix himself up a very special cocktail. Of course, listeners, you remember this by this point. Uh, we're hitting all the greatest hits here. This is a man who mixed up his uh, patient's, uh, his dead patient's diarrhea and drank it. That's right. He so, drank the cholera cocktail. He did become quite sick, mm-hmm. uh, proving once and for all that Coke was right. That, you know, you just drink this bacteria and you get pretty sick. Yeah, so that, that was proven. So, costume. What do you want to do? Well, I think it's got... One component is you're going to want to go get a Frosty. For, uh, hit the Wendy's, get uh, the biggest Frosty they'll legally sell are, you. Wait, are you, are you trying to insinuate that Frosties have cholera in them? No, I'm trying to insinuate that if you want to drink something that looks like a Dookie milkshake and isn't, you might want to go with a Frosty. Uh, a Frosty will be delicious. It'll be refreshing during the party. And if you put it in a... Uh, um, a jar labeled perhaps poop experiment poop experiment Col- that's the-, the best you've got how about cholera how about cholera cocktail cholera cocktail but not poop experiment <laughs> he probably wanted to lay i mean what would you lay like if you're gonna have that jar in your house you have to be so clear about how you label it <laughs> the right? oregon trail surprise <laughs> <laughs> now as far as what you wear it doesn't really matter 
right? Because people are going to be distracted by the fact that you have a big jar of cholera that you're drinking. <laughs> I figure you just wore a t-shirt that said Max. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just a t-shirt that says I'm with stupid and it's pointing up at you because you. you're drinking cholera water. I don't know. You're from Bavaria. So like Lederhosen? Lederhosen. That's perfect. <laughs> carry, Excellent. Carry a big beer mug in one hand and a glass of diarrhea in the other here's another prop suggestion for you remember wilhelm reich he uh uh was the guy who believed in orgone energy a sexual force that was permeating the entirety of of the earth uh generated by people's sexual energy uh and the only way you could capture this you may remember was by sitting in one of his uh sex boxes mm-hmm. and just ha- big big box having you know, an adult revelation. Well, I mean, you didn't have to. You could just sit in there naked. That's another option, too. Uh, this is a, another one of those prop costumes. Because <laughs> what you wear is, is, is important is I think you just carry around a box. A big one. Like a, a human-sized box. A human-sized box. Maybe a refrigerator box. If you could score one of those from Best mm-hmm. Buy or something. And it's just labeled sex box. Right. And then all you have to do is, and it's a great icebreaker, too, if you think sure, about it. Right. Just walk around the party and invite people to take off all their clothes and sit inside this box and promise them you won't look, but you will. Of course you're going to look. Curiosity killed the cat, right? Uh, Halloween's all about. If you want to really complete this look, uh, put a knife in your belt. <laughs> uh, it, you may remember that he was drummed out of the International Psychoanalytic Association, and he camped out at their next conference and walked around with a big knife in his belt. They did not let him back in. <laughs> but the sex box is the main thing. Right. You could just carry that sex box. Sid, I got my costume, but what if I want to tell, like, a spooky story for medical history to kind of creep people out? Do we have uh, any of those that we could... Uh, Absolutely, we, we have some spooky to, stories. To wig so, people out it, at my Halloween affair. Exactly. For that moment at your Halloween party when everybody sits around the campfire, they toss the handful of sand. Yeah, whatever the heck that was. Like magic. Like, I don't know where these teens from Are You Afraid of the Dark are getting like exploding powder, but yeah. Yeah, you just toss that on the fire and then you can share with your. It uh, might have been non dairy creamer because that'll work. That does work, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it might have been non-dairy, just big mittfuls of non-dairy cream. If anyone knows. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the Midnight Society, okay, first off, and if you're in the Midnight Society and haven't emailed us already, don't be an idiot. <laughs> just drop us a line so we can become can, best can friends. Can we please be in it? Yeah, just please. let us in. It's no big deal. We have a great story to share, and it's a story of lobotomies. Mm-hmm. So you may remember from our episode or just from like cultural osmosis what lobotomy is, uh, that it was a procedure where we... Uh, removed or damaged a part of a person's brain in order to, uh, the idea was to try to fix some some sort of psychiatric illness um, or things that weren't psychiatric illness at all, mm-hmm. depending on what was going on and what time. What of, year it was. What year it was. Yeah. Uh, it, it came to America really in 1936 and was practiced widely by a Dr. Walter Freeman. Uh, now, Walter Freeman uh, really was a big fan of this procedure and he felt like it was unfair that it was um, uh, bound to the confines of the operating room and the use of anesthesia uh, because you couldn't find those things in most state hospitals. So he invented the transorbital lobotomy. Mm -hmm. Now you may remember that this is when you insert an orbitoclast 
which is basically an ice pick. Right. Essentially what it was fancy used initially. Yeah, fancy ice pick through the through the inside corner of the eye along the nasal bone and you just kind of make some cuts with it, kind of switch it around until you've severed all the nerve fibers in there. Um, mm. uh, Dr. Freeman would travel around the country when he was on vacation with his family so that he could perform these at various hospitals. Um, and he would do them in whatever, you know, kinds of conditions he had, even, uh, doing them in the hallways if necessary. Wow. Uh, and, and doing both eyes at once to show off that he was ambidextrous. Ugh. Uh, Horrifyingly, Dr. Freeman performed 3,439 lobotomies in his career, 2,500 of these with an ice pick, but for the low, low price of $25 pop. Tell that story the next time somebody tries tried out something about, like, a ghost that was on the highway and they died 40 years ago this day. Ah, they, then you'll really freak people out. You'll really put the trump card there. Yeah, humans have really come up with much scarier stuff in real life. Uh, I got a costume, Sid plague doctor oh that's a great one it's justin a creepy costume right so tell me tell me about how you would dress as a plague doctor i think the main thing you gotta nail are the masks they have these uh masks that basically make you look like uh, like beaks like things weren't scary enough already with the plague and stuff that you have these grim specters just roaming the countryside like retro slender man just like horrifying beak like masks um if you really want to get the realism going uh put some potpourri inside and breathe through a straw uh because that's what they did um they also wore wax coats and carried a cane that they used to examine people um and they had glass eyes in their mask that warded off evil so um that that is what i would i would go with if i wanted to go with a plague doctor that would be a creepy costume i'd be freaked out if i it, saw somebody wearing that it is it's a really creepy costume it's an excellent costume i'm i'm kind of regretting that's not what i chose to go as this year yeah and if you really wanted to sell this um you should try to treat people at the party for the plague because who doesn't love that right that's a you great the life of the party what an icebreaker um and the best way to treat somebody for the plague is to try to strap a chicken to them so if you can i mean and then everybody gets a kick out of that game right strap mm-hmm. a chicken to the guests right right it's, it's like pin the tail on the donkey sort you of? play that right yeah we all played that it's not just doctors i promise you know another creepy costume tell me resurrection men oh yeah i love the resurrection men where's that movie where's that movie going brother right so resurrection men you may remember were people who uh worked as basically grave robbers um because doctors and medical students didn't have enough cadavers to train you know students in anatomy so the only way that they could get more cadavers was to hire people to go steal them late at night uh resurrection men which was a cool name cool, for an awful the coolest practice. name. Uh, could exhume a body in under an hour. And they had a very particular way of going about it. It was very much like a, like an Ocean's Eleven kind of heist mm-hmm. description of how they would scoop out the dirt and get in the coffin and get the body out. And there would be secret tunnels to get it into the med school. And So what's, what, what's this costume going to look like, though? Well, I mean, I guess the main thing is that you look like you've been out all night digging up bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, what might be fun is if you had like a like a straw man kind of thing, like a oh, yeah. shirt and pants mm-hmm. filled with like paper towels or something that you could just like wrap its arms around you, like if you're giving it a piggyback ride or something. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, then, but people might confuse you for like a weekend at Bernie's costume. So you got to be careful. There are worse things to happen than for people to think that you're celebrating the cinematic <laughs> achievement that is weekend at Bernie's. Also, look really cool because you're a resurrection man, and it's like the coolest name. You just tell yeah. people that all the could, time. Could you go with like a superhero theme, like kind of a Superman oh, suit with like, like an R cape? on the front? Yeah, I'm Resurrection Man. I'm here to dig, dig up, up dead people. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really kind of no, falls apart. No, that is something. You know what? I don't think Superman would have approved of that. How about this? Let me hit you with this, Alexis Saint Martin. Oh, that's a great costume, right? If you want to go the gory route. You really want to dress up as early 1800s fur trader and voyager Alexis St. Martin, who was accidentally shot in the stomach and mm-hmm. had a chronic gastric fistula, which is basically just a hole in his stomach that opened up to the outside world. Right. You might remember this episode, the gut hole romance. Um, I, this could be achieved. What I was thinking was you get two mirrors, two round mirrors that right. you attach to your front and back. So basically just achieving the look of a hole clean through you. But why, if you were looking in a hole in someone's stomach, why would you see your face reflected It's like not back? a great effect, but like it's the best I could come up with. I think that was really bad. That was a really bad suggestion. Yeah, I guess it was That's like a not bad, how a hole works. It's not how holes work, Sid. It was, <laughs> I did really, my best. This it's, isn't even a medical thing. This is just how holes thing? work. I just did my best. What would you do, smart Alec? Well, I mean, I guess you would just want a really nasty wound in your stomach. I mean, because it, it doesn't go all the way through his body. Like, it doesn't go through the back. It just goes into his stomach. Yeah, but visually, I think through his whole body is going to be, like, the best. I think you would just want something that looked like a window and you could see, like, food through it. Like, little, like, chicken wings <laughs> or Well, it would be nice fries. if you could get a false stomach with, like, a hole that people could, like, put their hands into. Yeah. And maybe you have some spaghetti in there. No, whatever the treats are at the party, just get some real quick and put them in there. Yeah. So, like, people know, like, that this is what you've been eating. This would also be a great couple's costume because, you know, your your boyfriend or girlfriend could go as Dr. William Beaumont, mm-hmm. the doctor who, who experimented on Alexa St. Martin, and you could, and they could just periodically stick things in the hole in your stomach all evening. Very interesting. Yeah, just make sure you stick together, because otherwise nobody's going to know who they are. Uh, Sid, uh, I want to hear another story uh, about uh, medical history that I can scare people with at my Halloween party. Well, I'm going to tell you a spoopy story right after we visit the billing department. Let's go. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got at two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, 
or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Now, give me my promised spoopy story. All right. Don't keep me waiting. So first of all, um, let's say that unfortunately uh, you've died. Okay. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Had a good run. (laughs) And you want to know how to come back. Yes. Absolutely. Well, you were not the first one to seek the secret of reanimation, life after death. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back in the 1700s, Lazaro Spallanzani was a priest that used to cut the heads off of snails in an attempt to try to make them grow back. How'd that work out? I mean, it didn't work, didn't but it didn't work, stop him right. from trying. He wasn't the only one in you history. You would have heard about that if that worked. Yeah. We'd probably have learned that, like, be doing it. We'd right. probably be doing that Constantly. Now. Right. Um, every, and everybody that had ever been alive would be alive always. For, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So you would know. So it'd be really crowded. Um, there was also uh, Johann Dippel who used to rob graves and make elixirs out of the corpses that he would find in an attempt to keep himself alive forever. And uh, Luigi Galvani, uh, an Italian doctor and physicist, who used to stick electrodes in frog muscles in order to stimulate them and make the legs twitch. Um, But perhaps the most disturbing story of reanimation was Giovanni Aldini, who... um, or I'm sorry, is George Forrester. George Forrester, right. Yes, who was a murderer who was put to death. And the place that Giovanni Aldini comes in is that uh, he had paid off one of the executioners to get a hold of poor George Forrester's body Mm -hmm. immediately after death so that he could attempt to bring him back to life. Now, why why you want to bring a murderer back to life of all your choices? This isn't even fair, but I mean, like, you go where you get it, sure. right? You, you get the bodies where you can. Right, right. So, so Aldini uh, stuck electrodes in the head of George Forrester in an attempt to reanimate him. 
Um, he also stuck them in his arms and legs, and he managed to make his face contort and his uh, like arm raise and his, finch, his, his fist clinch, but um, couldn't bring him back to life. So if you see anybody at the party dressed like Frankenstein, just corner them and tell them all of this. And just see how long it takes them to go to the bathroom and just wipe the makeup off. Like, I, I give up. I'm just a regular Joe. I'm not Frankenstein anymore. I'm very upset. I need some more costumes, Justin. Uh, how about this, Sid? Phineas Gage. Oh, that's a great one and uh, easily awesome, right? recognizable, right? Yes. Everybody knows Phineas Gage at this point. I was the last person who didn't. And then I did a Sawbones about it. And now I'm due. So that's everybody. It's all covered. If you don't remember that episode... Uh, he, uh, was a dude who was working on a railroad, yep. right? He was, and, a, he uh, was a railroad worker and, and the, the costume is going to be really easy at first. Your right. average height and build, you're wearing some like workman's kind of clothing, you know, maybe some overalls or mm-hmm. like a, like a, a rough workman's denim shirt or something, right. you know, some jeans, nothing, nothing too complicated to put together. Uh, look like you're from the mid 1800s. So a little older, maybe a little dirty, like rough hands, rough, dirty hands. Mm-hmm. And then key to this costume, I think. Yes, this is the key. Is that what you're going to want to do is get a three foot, seven inch long, 1.25 inch in diameter iron rod that weighs approximately 13.25 pounds and just have it kind of like sticking out of like the front of your head. So that sounds unpleasant. I know. Here's what I'd suggest. You know that hilarious arrow through the head that people wear sometimes? Just take that, spray paint it silver, and turn it front ways instead of sideways. Boom! Phineas Gaged right there. That is a great costume idea. Yeah, that's a really good one. You can use the, these other ones have been dumb, but this one that's pretty good. This is the one. This is Trust the one. Us. I feel I feel really good about it. Send now, send us pics or it didn't happen. Well, let's say uh, you're a woman, uh, for example. <laughs> and, I am a woman, and for example, Justin, tell me. The bad news is. Um, men have kind of um, kept women from a lot of medical history because they were oppressed. So, Or maybe it's just that women haven't done as dumb things as men have done in an, medical history. That is absolutely... How about that, a, Justin? Well, like, mine was not mean. Like, I was like, <laughs> you shouldn't get angry at me. I was just saying women were I'm oppressed. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. Pump Justin. the brakes there, Smurl. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of Typhoid Mary, that's one. Uh, she was an early (laughs) 1900s Irish cook, uh, uh, who had typhoid and just loved to pass it around. Uh, you, so you want to have dirty hands, I would say, and do everything you can to make people at the party sick. So you want to sneeze on their tortilla chips, for example. I mean, this is great because it's a costume and it's an activity. Sure. So like your goal is that by the end of the party, everybody you came in contact with should be puking or pooping. Commit to it. Get typhoid before the party. Oh, that's even better. That's worse, Sid. Remember we talked about the difference between better and worse. That's worse. That's oh. like way worse. You don't want to do that. Also, you know, you could try if anybody like notices that you're making everybody sick mm-hmm. um, and that your hands are dirty. In the, and when we say dirty, we mean like we mean poopy. Poopy. You get that right. Like we mean poopy hands. We mean poopy. Um, if anybody, not spoopy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Poopy. If anybody catches you spoopy. doing this and like accuses you of making people sick, uh, you can have a carving fork and you can chase them around the party with it. Because she totally did that, right? Yes, she did. And then try hiding in a closet. <laughs> because otherwise the, the people at the party might try to isolate you on an island for the rest of your life. Because they're jerks who don't appreciate your your whimsical behavior. 
Uh, speaking of whimsical behavior, Sid, do we have time for uh, one more story? I think we do. I think I think one last story for you to share for that moment. Because if by now you've already shared the other two stories around the campfire and they're still letting you tell stories, <laughs> no one has drummed you out of the party, uh, why not go for spontaneous human combustion? I think a very, one of the very scariest stories because it could happen to anyone. It can't. There have been around 200 reported cases of people just kind of catching on fire and burning with no external known source. Um, it's similar to the idea, you know how like dead whales can fill with methane and explode? Mm-hmm. Only with people. But not documented, right? Like this is right. fake. Exactly. Now, what you is- have is 200 people who fell asleep smoking and didn't want to admit it because they <laughs> get in trouble. Maybe or maybe, or maybe. something scarier is at work. <laughs> In the, in the 1700s, Countess Cornelia de Bandy was one of the victims of spontaneous human combustion when she was found uh, lying on the floor between her bed and her window. It looked as if she had, had tried to get out of bed and go to the window in the middle of the night, uh, presumably because she was on fire. Right. Right, from the, you know, from the exploding. Sure. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> everything but three fingers and her lower legs were completely burned. Ugh. Uh, there were candles present, but the wicks were still intact, and there was soot everywhere, but uh, nothing was damaged by the soot. Um, they did find a piece of bread on her nightstand. This is my favorite part of the story, which was offered to a dog who refused to eat it. Whoa. Now, this this story is scary, but when you talk about the theory behind spontaneous human combustion, I think it gets even scarier. So we think what this is is the wick effect. So, like... These people who are supposedly combusting are actually just accidentally catching on fire. Um, And the way that this works is that so there is probably a candle or something. The clothes catch on fire and they burn the skin. And this creates like an opening in the skin through which we can like catch the fat on fire and it can start melting. And it continues to like the fat continues to wick along the clothing, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of spread along the clothing, mm-hmm. just as wax does with a candle wick. And the person burns as long as there's more fat to fuel it. Um, this is why the feet and the hands might not burn, you know, because there's less fat there. Um, but there's plenty of fat in the human body to basically just burn it all up, even in like even like really skinny people. Like we got a lot of fat. So there's plenty of fat if you want, like, you know, to to burn somebody. Great. Like there's enough. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so if that, you know, if that doesn't drive everyone away from the campfire, I don't know what else yeah, will. Is that, that what the, was that the goal? Were we trying, were we to, trying get everybody to run to people away? I got one more costume for you, said Robert Liston. Oh, that's a great one. I know. Fastest knife in the West. He was a Scottish surgeon in the, uh, in the early 1800s. He was the first in Europe to use anesthesia after it had been used in the USA. He amputated a leg in two and a half minutes. He, uh, in one case, accidentally amputated the patient's testicles. And uh, the can you tell about the the uh, the worst his worst case or best case depending <laughs> on how you look at it? Uh, the best work of Robert Liston in his in his illustrious career was when he um, was doing an amputation, and he accidentally amputated his surgical assistant's fingers while he was slicing and dicing. Um, in addition, there was an observer. This was not uncommon at the time for people to like pay to come watch surgeries because they were, I mean, there wasn't a lot of entertainment, I guess. Right. And so he, uh, while he was swishing his knife about, he sliced through the coattails of the observer who uh, dropped dead from fright. So the patient who was getting the amputation unfortunately died, which was common at the time from gangrene. Uh, the assistant whose fingers were sliced off also died 
later from gangrene. And then the uh, the person who was watching also died from fright after his uh, coat was sliced, um, which means that this was probably the only surgery in history that had a 300% mortality. Unlike a lot of the people on this list, we know just what you're going for image-wise. Uh, this is a quote. He was six foot two and operated in bottle green coat with Wellington boots. He sprung across the bloodstained boards upon his swooning, sweating, stripped-down patient like a duelist calling, Time me, gentlemen, time me, to students craning with pocket watches from the iron railing galleries. Everyone swore the first flash of his knife was followed so swiftly by the rasp of saw on bone that sight and sound seemed simultaneous to free both hands. He would clasp the bloody knife between his teeth. These were really the good old days of medicine, okay. right? Like, yeah. not, we never see no heroes, heroes like Dr. Liston in the OR today. As a medical student, I never got to see anyone with that much panache. Panache. That's, you know? one, that's certainly one word for They're it. They're all scrubbed in and sterile and using proper surgical technique. What a snooze. Nobody puts a knife between their teeth anymore. Nobody. That has no place in Halloween and at this point neither do we because we're all done. But before we go, we want to say first off, have a happy and safe Halloween. It's one of our favorite holidays and we hope it's one of yours. Uh, make sure you have a lot of fun. If you do have any kind of like fun medical costumes or just a fun costume, whatever. Send it. Yeah, send it doesn't a, have to be medical. Send us a picture. Either tweet at us at Sawbones or uh, Sawbones at MaximumFun.org so we can check that out and let us know if we can like put it on our Facebook or whatever. So, because we wouldn't would want to do that if it's not copacetic with you. Thanks to Maximum Fun Network for having us on. There's a ton of great shows for you to listen to at MaximumFun.org. Thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And thanks to you our beloved listener for being so patient with us and giving us a half hour of your time. We hope you have a very uh, uh, spooky, spoopy, and uh, enjoyable Halloween. Uh, But until next time, we uh, have an opportunity to talk. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.